Hey. <laughs> Stop taking my shtick. <laughs> Only I'm allowed to clear my throat. Hey, that's my thing. And welcome. <laughs> that's right. It's for another one. Yeah. Oh, this is the AT Banter Podcast. A balanced and entertaining look at assistive technology, accessibility, and its importance in people's lives. Join Rob Minot, Ryan Fleury, and Steve Barclay as they banter with people around the world about anything and everything regarding assistive technology and the disability community. Now, on with the show. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. Oh, sorry. I'll keep it down for Steve. He's still, he's, he's still, he's still feeling the weekend a little bit. Mm. And a lovely St. Patty's Day it was. Yeah. So uh, what did, uh, you know, tell the fine folks what you got up to on over the weekend at St. Patty's Day? Because seeing that you have Irish blood in you, that automatically turns to whiskey on St. Patty's Day. I drank. <laughs> and made Irish stew. Well, yes, yes. I made Irish stew. So well done. Irish stew, Irish whiskey. Made a salmon on now, Sunday. In uh, authentic wh- Irish stew, because I know in Irish coffee they, there's whiskey, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so in Irish stew, is there like authentic Irish stew? Is there whiskey? No, but there was Guinness. Oh, that's right. That's right. I have heard of that. Mm-hmm. Now, did you make authentic Irish stew? Did you put Guinness in it? Well, technically, being that I'm Canadian, it wasn't authentic Irish stew, but... Um, well, I mean, it's close. Know. Semi-authentic. It's, it's about as Irish stew as you can make Irish stew while still being Canadian. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> it was Everybody stew, was, okay. Right? What's, Ryan, what's your excuse? He's, he's hung over. <laughs> what's no, okay. We didn't do anything for St. Patrick's Day. No? Mm-hmm. Yeah, me neither. I forgot it, I forgot it was even a thing. Heathens. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Uh, what do we got to talk about today? Uh, hey, Ryan. Rob. Uh, with, uh, tell the fine folks what we're doing today. Today, we are talking with, uh, I just forgot his name. Marco. Marco Trujillo, who is the CEO of Sunu. Uh, this is interesting. What And what is a Sunu? A Sunu band is kind of like a bracelet you wear that... How do you explain it? Well, I think it's... it. Well, I mean, it's it's kind of like a haptic, a haptic mobility aid, right? Yes, in some ways, I believe it's ultrasonic, though. Um, yeah, I think it. I think it uses sonar, and uh, I mean, it, it acts a lot like the buzz clip, the hand guide, the what else? What else is sort of in that realm of devices? Well, there's canes that. Yeah, the, I, I think the big difference is just the fact that they they've been smart about it and they've put it on the wrist where somebody can actually angle it really easily. Ah. I think that's. I think that's the key. So the key to, difference to this aid. Versus others. Well, and the fact that I've never heard anything using sonar either before. I, usually it's, what is it, usually infrared and um, what's the buzz clip use? Um, it, it is infrared, isn't it? Ultrasonic. Um, ultrasonic. So uh, this will be interesting. Isn't sonar technically ultrasound? I don't know. I don't even know. I think. I don't know. Yeah, see exactly. We'll find out. We will. We have, we have a guest on for a reason. That's right. Because he can we, he can answer all these f- questions. And we know nothing. <laughs> uh, hey, a couple things I wanted to talk about before we bring them on. Uh, I noticed uh, that our good buddies Ira, the um, the mobility service, uh, was in the news. Um, namely, the Seattle airport has um, entered into an agreement with them. I guess where. Uh, if subscribers to the service is are, are, are at the airport uh, and they they use the IRA service, it's free. Really? As long as they're on airport grounds. And actually, they are the second airport to do this. Hmm. Uh, the Minneapolis-St. Paul airport is also doing it. Excellent. So, uh, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see where that service goes. I really feel like... You know, with all these mobility solutions coming down the pipe, they all have their their pros, their cons, their limitations. And I feel like the, if they all work together, so for example, you know, the Beacon technology, 
um, can be the foundation of something like that, where where a, 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 a low vision user or a blind user can navigate with the beacons. And if they run up against something unexpected or they need to read a menu board or they need to, you know, access whatever they need, they need, um, you know, uh, directions to a specific gate or something. That's where the iris service could sort of step in and, and fill those gaps that the beacon technology can't. So I suppose. Yeah. And I think here in Canada, anyway, if you're going to use a device like the iris system, you know, our biggest, well, my biggest complaint with our cell phone providers is that we don't have unlimited data plans and data is not cheap. You know? Right. So, yeah, that's true, I suppose. So, I mean, you're sending a camera feed to, you know, to somebody, to a to an operator who's then, you know, voicing back to you. Yeah, I mean, that's going to eat up, that could eat up a lot of data real fast. Good. That's a, that's a really good point. Hmm. Yeah. All right. So moving on. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a good day. Okay, it's gonna be. Uh, Rob's doing the heavy lifting on this show, folks. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna settle in here. Have a, have a snooze. Uh, one other thing uh, that I want to talk about. Hey, I noticed on the Microsoft Accessibility Blog site they uh, had a post about uh, some of the stuff that they're working on for the year ahead. What are they working on? What do they got? Well, they're, you know, most of it's all just sort of, you know, tweaks and improvements. Uh, the They have new ease of access settings that are easier to use and, and a little bit more intuitive. Um, they are doing a lot of improvements to Narrator, which uh, is is uh, probably the bulk of the of the changes that are coming up. Um They've, they're making improvements to the eye control, the built-in eye control uh, features wow. of Windows 10. Uh, they, and the other one, they're also working closely with uh, NVDA and JAWS to uh, make that uh, Edge browser more accessible. Oh, excellent. Which is oh, exciting. Okay. So that would be good. They're, trying to make, they're still trying to make that Edge, edge browser crazy. a thing. It's going on two years. But... Two years, you mean that they've been trying to... Since Edge has been released and, you know, screen readers still don't fully support it. Right. They're still trying to, you know, make it functional. I don't know. With I, In terms of the browser wars, I mean, Edge is so far behind, behind everybody yeah. else that, you know, it's... Well, I think, you know, they're just going to replace Internet Explorer at some point, right? So it's going to be their go-to browser. But we're going to have the same issue we had years ago when a lot of the banks and stuff were still using IE6. Yeah. You know, so there's going to be... A long road ahead before you know IE's actually gone. You really got to wonder what the hell was Microsoft thinking when they released this new browser and it wasn't accessible. Mm -hmm. You know they have an accessibility division. <laughs> well, they do yeah. now, but I, I feel like Edge. Well, they did then. Well, yeah, they did, but I mean, let's let's face it. I, I feel like Microsoft during the the realm of of Windows eight mm -hmm. was a very different. It was a very different Microsoft. Um, I mean, that whole Windows 8 rollout was such an unmitigated disaster that, um, and, you know, they, they weren't paying any attention to the community at that point. Um, it wasn't until they got all that pushback from, from Windows 8 that they kind of realized, oh, hey, maybe we better step it back. And I feel like that's around the time when they were developing Edge and they, were, they just thought, we're going to push Windows 8 on you. You're going to use it, damn it. <laughs> you're going to like it. You're going to use Edge and you're going to like it. And uh, I think, though, too, that their new CEO, Satya Nadella, has a whole different philosophy about Microsoft, how it should be run and the services that are offered. You know, we've had ease of access since Windows XP, Windows 7. We've had a built-in screen reader. We've had a narrator. But like you say, in the last two years, Microsoft has really had a push on for accessibility. Mm -hmm. And it seems to be they're working closer and closer with the AT industry. So, you know, good on them for finally coming to the table but. well and absolutely and and not only that like they have some really good transparency this microsoft accessibility blog is great um and they you know they post regularly and they they talk about what they're working on and they they're listening to the community feedback so yeah i think that they've made huge strides in the past you know three four years so about time that's right <laughs> see that woke steve up Shit talking Microsoft is like, oh, what? Right. Shit talking somebody? Right. <laughs> okay. I'm awake. I'm, I'm awake. in. I'm in. 
What else? Anything? Oh, so Steve, yeah. you must be excited this week because you're heading down to CSUN at the end of the week. Are, are you excited? My nipples are erect with delight. <laughs> good, good. Excellent. Because <laughs> I posted on the Canadian Assistive Technology Facebook page that you were very excited to be going. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm, I didn't I'm lie. Thrilled. I'm thrilled beyond measure. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be my first CSUN in a while, so uh, yeah, it'll be cool. Is there is there anything that you know that's that's going to be down there that you're excited about looking at? Yes. Yeah, you're going to Disneyland, aren't you? You're not even gonna, <laughs> no, uh, the Canute. I want to see the Canute. Yeah, the Canute. Yeah, that's going to be that, that's uh, that's definitely up there for me. Um, what's that other uh, cheap? Uh, cheap braille display note taker. The orbit. The orbit. Yeah, I want to see the orbit. I want to oh, see. Yeah, I want to see all these, all these inexpensive options. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Stuff that might put braille in the hands of people who want to use braille. Yep. Yeah. Aside from that, mm, I don't know. I, you know, a lot of a lot of companies release st new stuff at uh, at CSUN, so you know I'm gonna kind of cross my fingers and hope there's something new and interesting from some of the some of the big players, maybe some big reveals. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. Well, you'll have to keep, you know take a full report and uh, report back to us next week. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's hard to keep under wraps projects these days, but um, um, you know, I haven't I haven't heard any rumors of stuff that's gonna be coming out so. <coughs> we'll see maybe somebody will surprise me well csun 2018 has a twitter feed as well that you can follow along i forget what the the twitter handle is but we can post that yeah cool yeah although but by the time the show is airs the well we can the, post it on our facebook or we can post it on twitter oh that's true we have those things don't we yeah damn joining us today is marco trujillo co-founder and ceo of sunu hello Hi, can you hear us okay? Hi, I can hear you. Excellent. Hey, you? Good, Marco. How are you? Good, good. We're in fine form this morning. We are. It's Monday, so... Uh... All right, so we were having pronunciation wars here before you came on. Uh, so how do you how do you okay. properly say your last name? Uh, it's It says Trujillo. Wow, I wasn't wow. even close. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was. I was also off. <laughs> I, I got the. I got the part about the J right, but that's about it. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks so much for uh, for coming on. Um, you know what? Let's just start out telling us a little bit about the the Sunu band and and what it does. Right. Uh, yeah. So the Sunu band is a complementary mobility aid. The first one to be smart meaning that it uh, has connection to a smartphone. So basically it is a bracelet. It has a sonar sensor on one end, a couple of buttons, a panel touch, uh, movement sensors like gyroscope accelerometers, and a very precise haptic uh, vibrator. Uh, so what it does, it basically uses a sonar sensor to detect obstacles within 60 feet range. Uh, it, the sensor basically sends sound waves. These sound waves bounce from the nearest obstacles, and the echo uh, is, is processed back in the in the Sunuban. And then, uh, according to what the Sunuban uh, interprets, it, it delivers a vibration to the user in the wrist, so the user can feel where the obstacle is. Uh, how far it is, and you can even tell things like how hard the obstacle is, how dense. So, um, the big purpose is uh, to augment the perception of the user because the cane and the guide dogs uh, are good to floor to detect floor level obstacles and to detect. Uh, obstacles that are very close to the user but when it comes to further away obstacles or to obstacles that are uh, at body level or head level they are harder to detect so this is when the Sunvan comes handy uh, because it can detect obstacles from your knees to your head and up to 16 feet away and deliver instant instant uh, feedback on the obstacles location and um, form so that's the core uh, purpose of the pseudo band. 
but also uh, because we have this uh, connectivity to the smartphone, we have built more functions on it. Like it's basically a smartwatch already. It can tell you the time, you can set up alarms, it connects to Google Maps so it can tell you what, what um, places are nearby. It, can, it also works as a compass, for example. So it has many features uh, inside it, making it a more complex and complete uh, mobility aid. Uh, and also uh, it can, becomes a very specialized tool that, as you can customize from the app uh, things like uh, how, uh, like the range settings uh, for the sonar sensor or like the sensitivity or area that the sonar sensor can cover. Like all these, uh, you have all these uh, scroll bars uh, to set up the band as, as you prefer or as a user prefer because um, you can tell that there's no two people, uh, blind person that I know that call the cane the same way or use it the same way. Uh, some of people are very fast travelers. Some people uh, prefer to, to walk slow, be more secure. Some people use the subway, uh, public transport, some other people don't. So, so the, these customizations allows the user to adapt the device to their own needs and their own style, basically. You mentioned that um, it could detect uh, how hard an object was. Uh, so, how how would a user experience something like a you know a concrete wall versus something soft and squishy like Ryan? <laughs> right. So, <laughs> but yeah, usually humans are softer uh, in general. We are basically one of our mentors or an advisor, Daniel Kish. Uh, he he is a, he's an expert echolocator. He is, he has told me. Uh, he told me early on that people are more like uh, water bags, basically. <laughs> and, and this is basically how the sonar detects, because the sonar uses just sound waves, and the sound waves bounces differently from a wall, as you said, than from a person. And you can tell that the echo, echo coming back from a person is softer, is like noisier, is harder to, to interpret, and the echo coming from a wall is almost intact. Uh, it's perfectly bouncing back uh, as it really was sent. So in the way the, the user ex experienced that, uh, at this point, we only have uh, that testing with beta testers. So, but basically what it is, is just provides a different skin se sensation in the skin, like the vibration. You can tell when a vibration is flat and hard, that, that is more like a wall, or the vibration is like softer, softer, uh, because... Uh, and that's more like a person. Cool. So it's it's a it's a haptic uh, it's a it's a haptic response. Uh, it's hard to explain it with with uh, with words, but it's it's because it's a sensation. Gotcha. So how many different vibration patterns are there? So uh, we can. This is a very one of the most precise haptic uh, actuators now in the market. Uh, is similar and better than to the ones that are using uh, the best smartphones right now. So you can build as many as you want, honestly. Uh, but so far we have like uh, around a thousand wow. vibrating patterns, although we are not using all of them. Uh, but yes, and this can go more, this can get longer. Now, tell us a little bit about about how the product was developed. Where where did you first conceptualize uh, the idea about the the Sunu band, and uh, and was it was it very similar to in conception to what the final product ended up being? Right. So we started the Sunu band almost uh, a little bit over four years ago. I was doing uh, volunteering. Uh, I was a volunteer with my co-founder, Quadley, at a school for blind children. We have a background in robotics. We have built assistive technologies for the past, I think, uh, eight years. Uh, we have built around six assistive technology devices. And the student uh, came to us through uh, this service. Uh, we were 
uh, helping the children in the school uh, move around uh, in their mobility lessons uh, when they have these lessons outside uh, in the city. Uh, we just were part of the staff uh, taking care of all the group. Uh, we realized that there was a need for this device. Uh, the, uh, one of the problems we found is that, well, it was obvious that there was a need for upper body uh, protection, but there was a need for something more. Like the kidney is, is great. Uh, you can see it catches uh, footsteps uh, or holes, all these kind of ha hazards. Uh, but it can't tell you more, uh, but it's a great like uh, security tool and it provides a lot of confidence to the to the kids already. But the problem is that as these kids grow up, uh, they, they get more accidents naturally. And something we saw is that they, and I can't talk for all of them, but many of them uh, start uh, losing some confidence. They prefer not to play. They prefer not to go out. And I sometimes saw that even the parents of these kids didn't want them to go out and play, uh, which is probably, is probably uh, even, even worse because uh, what these kids need is to move around because they, as they grow up, they start to become more passive. And this is not right. good uh, later on. So we just thought that if we can build a tool that can uh, provide this protection that I can provide more awareness. Uh, this is something that will en enhance their overall uh, development. Uh, we started doing some prototypes. We 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 thought about many things. Uh, we built the like glasses, like we put sonar on uh, on a cane, uh, which we even in a, in a belt. Like we really tried different things. Uh, so it was, uh, and at the beginning we were just playing with the sonar. So I can say that what, what we started is like probably uh, 20 to 30% what we originally thought it would be. So it has changed a lot. Uh, and the reason it changed is that uh, we try with kids, then we go to the US, uh, we try with Perkins, we try with the NFB. We pivot and pivot and pivot uh, until we came out to a device that uh, that that everyone like uh, that provide as much value as possible. Now, there's there's you know a few other products that are that are similar to this, um, but they vary in the 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 type of of technology that they use. For example, there's there's stuff that uses uh, infrared, for example. Um, what did you guys? What what made you guys land on on sonar? And what are some of the advantage the advantages of using sonar over, say, something like infrared? Right. Uh, so there are many advantages. Uh, one of them is battery consumption. Uh, sonar is more low power than any other technologies. Uh, other is the interference. Uh, Sunlight can interfere a lot on cameras, especially on infrared mm -hmm. uh, technology. So these, this could be a hazard, especially if people are walking outside during daylight. Um, then oh, also sonar is super, super precise. Uh, all these optic technologies are require a lot of processing to become precise. Um, Sonar is just low power, it's precise, and it's more, it's, it's closer to what, uh, to, to the skill that people develop, like it's closer to echolocation. Uh, so it's, it's, it's just simpler. Uh, also, sonar can tell you things like hardness, softness. Uh, it can detect even glasses, and like, uh, infrared cameras can't detect Crystal sometimes is a hard one for them. Um, so just a few uh, of the advantages, and probably the only disadvantage was that sonar uh, sonar sensors aren't really small yet in the market. Right. Uh, 
So this is more like uh, it's more like aesthetic uh, disadvantage, uh, but it's something that will change. Uh, we are having more and more sonar sensors demanded by uh, mobile devices. Like we have tablets with sonar sensors, uh, uh, and soon they are going to be on the smartphones, especially probably for other applications, uh, not really for our obstacle detection, uh, but uh, but because they are going to be built anyway. Uh, we can use them. So yeah, this is some of the advantages. Now you mentioned uh, Daniel Kish, who is, who of course, uh, you know, we're familiar with because of you know his his work with uh, echolocation. <clears throat> um, how closely did you uh, do you work with him, and and has he like consulted with you guys? Yeah, uh, we close. We work close together. He's actually building all. Uh, his team is building all the tutorials and guides and training for the user and for the OMs. Uh, he, I, I met him during one of his workshops for children. Uh, he, he was training his technique on echolocation and, and I just attended there. I, I, I volunteered to be part of the staff and also I wanted to learn and see from, uh, for myself what he does. I was very surprised and uh, I, I asked him to to be part of, of the development of my product, because I know that uh, his skill and his mindset, his philosophy is something that I support a lot and that I believe in. So that's why I I, I team up with him early on. So he's, uh, he's an advisor of, of the company. He's, uh, and he's, as I mentioned, also uh, working on the, develop, of the guides and training of our product. Um, talk to us a little bit about, about the decision to make it a band. Was it, was it always, uh, was the device always something that was, that was going to sit on the wrist or, or, or did you start out by, you know, say something that would maybe be worn on a lapel or, or a belt or something? So yeah, I started many things like we tried canes, uh, belts, necklaces, uh, wrists, bands, glasses, so the decision, well, there are many things, there are many reasons. And I can't tell there's a perfect side. That's what we found out. There's not like one perfect side uh, or location. But we ended up deciding on the band because uh, we wanted to be wearable. So there, there are a few uh, like sonar canes in the market, uh, but we found out that blind People only use cane around 20% of their time. They only use it when they need it, basically, or in spaces they don't know. Right. Uh, so these other 80% of the time that they are not using a cane, they are not a uh, big benefit by the technology. So putting it, so making it a wearable, uh, the user can decide whether to turn it on and off, even if they are having, if they are using or not their cane. Uh, so that's uh, that's. The first reason why we decided to make it a wearable, right. then why we decided to put it in a hand is uh, because it, it was two things. So one is a functional uh, part and the other is more like aesthetic part, which is also very important. So as I mentioned, sonar technology is not yet small enough uh, to be uh, to be considerable, considered as a uh, aesthetic uh, device or fashionable uh, uh, fashionable device. So if you put it on the glasses, uh, they, they may stick out too much uh, and they can be cumbersome. And anyway, glasses are, um, you know, many black people don't like to use uh, glasses. Uh, and if they do, they are not using glasses all the time. Uh, so that's why we discarded glasses, uh, but the necklace, uh, the hand, or the belt, it was more on the functional end because uh, of the mobility the hand has. So uh, visually impaired people are already used to use the hand, like to to scan the floor with a cane, for example. Right. So uh, they already uh, they already have an association of the hand to mobility. So this was one advantage 
And the other is that they have a lot of mobility on the hands. So if you are scanning around with the pseudoband, you just have to turn the wrist uh, side to side or just to the side you want to get information from. Uh, but if you have that in your chest, for example, you have to turn right. your whole chest uh, to the right or hold your, your whole body, uh, which makes it harder and more difficult to aim in a specific direction. Uh, and watches are, I mean, people can't can use a watch for a whole day. It's, it's very light, it's, it's, it's thin, like it's, it's very light, uh, it's easy to carry uh, to use it, and uh, it's already a watch. So you basically have a watch with an extra functionality uh, that, and uh, another more feature just to enhance your mobility. Right. And it seems to me that, that, you know, having it on your wrist and, you know, is it, it would feel a bit, a bit more intuitive in terms of being able to sort of scan what's in front of you, because in general, your hand is kind of extended anyways, whether you're using a cane or just trying to navigate. Um, so it, it does seem to make sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As you said, like people are already used to use their hands to reach out. Uh, to find stuff, uh, and uh, another cool thing is that we designed the Sunvan in a way that it, it is very discreet for the user to scan around, and like they don't have to even leave their hand or try to reach anything. It's very very discreet. They just leave the hand in their natural position, uh, like just hanging down, uh, as it normally is when you're walking, and the sonar sensor is already aiming forward in that position, so you don't have to leave or anything. You just have to keep it there. Uh, and it will catch. And if you want to just know what's to your left, you simply turn your wrist to your left. And with these gentle movements, uh, very discreet movements, you can get all the information you want. Now, I, so how long in total was the was the band in per, or in development for? And when did it launch? So we basically we launched the market about no in November last year. Mm -hmm. So we just recently go out. Uh, and we've been under development for, I think it was two years. Right. Uh, then we make a public beta, and we, uh, the last year, we made some some minor changes, uh, amount manufacturing uh, to launch on the third year. Um, now, and, and a lot of the apps, like you, you mentioned the app and the fact that it's a, it's a watch and it's a compass and was, was that stuff, uh, a challenge to sort of add to the band or was it, was it pretty easy once you had the sort of, you know, the core usage of it, it was just a matter of adding the apps in. So yeah, regarding the apps, I mean, we still, uh, on development, many features, we already have some available for the users, some available for beta testers, uh, many others on the roadmap. So we build the device in such a way that it can grow with the user needs. Uh, and uh, we can learn because to be honest, like even for ourselves, even if we have studied this so much, we still find many new ways that the users, uh, blind people use the band for and uh, the necessities they have. So we never, we never stop learning about uh, how can we enhance the mobility uh, for our users. So we realized that early on, uh, we realized that we can't build a one-fit-all mobility aid. Uh, even the cane itself, like it has thousands of possibilities of mm -hmm. how you can assemble one cane for one person specifically. Uh, so we. We just realized that and decided that we have to build a tool that can be as more flexible as possible, more modular as possible. Um, so, so we focus on building that, and now for us, it is it is easy uh, to to develop layers of of functionalities on top of the core function of the Sudoman. So this is something like we are we are trying to have at least one release per month. Uh, this is something that uh, uh, is going to keep growing on and on. Even the core functionalities are being enhanced over time. 
uh, thanks to all these data we're getting you know, on all the users we're having. And do you find that that you get a lot of feedback from the community itself uh, in terms of you know requests for added functionality? Yes, totally. Uh, uh, the community we are having so far is very, very supportive. I I, I haven't had one bad experience, to be honest. Like, it, it, every, any bad experience results in a good one uh, because people know that they believe in this the idea, in this product. Uh, so, and we are, we are always here to learn more about how can we improve the technology. So we have a lot of conversation with, with, uh, or users, uh, and, and and yes, we had a lot of ideas to them <laughs> thanks to them. So the the problem more is like we can't build as fast as they want. <laughs> it's actually the problem. But yeah, we have a long roadmap that is getting longer and longer uh, with every conversation we have. Now, is is most of your em emphasis on um, developing the the current model, or is is part of it, are, are you guys working on maybe a sort of a gener a second generation of the band? Uh, we're working, we're working bo both at the same time. Um, we have many core ideas of, of a second generation, uh, but this generation, we still have a lot to learn. Uh, so we are building both. Like uh, we haven't started the design of a second generation. We just have like the, like like the skeleton per se of of what core functionality functionality should have uh but we are we are uh, running experiments with the current one is to make sure uh to validate uh and to keep bringing more ideas on board because the development of a new device i mean a new hardware device uh takes a lot of time and effort and it's not something that you can just change like like a software update or right. with a software update, you know. Uh, so we are being very careful on making sure what it should be it should be inside the device and what shouldn't uh, before making a, a new announcement and release. Now, do you find that 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 can be a challenge? Because you know we all know that that the technology you know moves forward so fast. Um, you know, and you mentioned the the sonar sensors that are just getting smaller and smaller. Do you guys find that that's a, that's actually a challenge, like trying to keep up with the very latest technology in regards to how small things can be? Uh, it is a challenge, but this is exactly what we do and what we love to do. So uh, this is the challenge that we that we want to have. So. So yeah, I mean, it, it can be complicated, but it's something that we've been doing since uh, over eight years already. Uh, we are very passionate uh, and because we are having all this uh, tremendous feedback from the community and impact. We can, uh, we can see our users just thank you notes on our newsletter. Uh, so this is something that even provides us with more energy to keep moving forward and embrace all these challenges with all the joy to keep developing more and more technology that is actually useful uh, for all our users, um, potential users. Now, and this, and this you may or may not want to answer because I, I know that, that it can be a touchy subject, but um, do you guys have any plans on developing something other than a band in terms of a, of a mobility aid? Or are, are there other ideas that are, that are sort of floating around there that you guys might uh, move on in the future? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Sunu for us is, is an assistive technology company. We want to build uh, more than just one product or one line of products. We want to build uh, for even more than one, just one uh, disability, uh, we want to empower as much people as possible. As I mentioned, that we have built six, six assistive technologies in the in the past. Um, these devices weren't all for just blindness or, or low vision. Uh, they were even for cerebral palsy and deafness. So, uh, definitely, we are going to keep building uh, our thesis of building. Though I think that's what makes a difference. From us, the, the from the rest, so we develop high tech um, 
uh, knowing in the ground, knowing on our core that is not the technology what makes the difference is the attitude of, of the people. Uh, we know that blind and low vision and any other people with any disability are already able to do what they want, uh, to become as independent as they want. Uh, the only thing though is that they may need to work harder than the rest of the people. Uh, and we just developed tools that makes this, uh, uh, this work easier, lighter, faster for them. So we are just a, catal a, cat a catalyzer, not really a, like the solution uh, or the magical pill. You know, uh, we believe in our, in, in our users and we are just giving them tools. So we always develop everything using this in mind because uh, we believe that if we can trigger a little bit of the willpower they already have inside, that is the thing that is actually going to make the difference. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, I do notice too that that you have um, you you have a robotics background as well. Any any thoughts on on how robotics might be able to um, be used as as assistive technology? Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, so I started. Uh, I studied robotics also with uh, one of our my co-founder uh, because of that. I mean, he has. We uh, there's definitely a lot of applications that are going to be coming over and over in the future uh, to solve uh, the assistive part uh, of technologies. So right now, we, I can tell you with all the uh, technology we are discovering, uh, building with our users, it's already helping us to future devices that are going to be uh, more autonomous, uh, like robots and so on. It's right. probably early to talk about that, but we have that definitely on our mindset because that's, it's, that is something that, that is going to eventually happen. Uh, and I'm not talking just robotics, like robotics is is I mean it's definitely uh, one thing, but there's also other things like uh, human augmentation, uh, AI. Like all yep. these things are going to eventually become more and more integrated in our society. Right. Uh, so it's probably uh, years, still years for that to happen, but it's something that is big in research right now. Sure, I mean, self-driving cars, uh, you know, that that's a, another, you know, um, something that, that people have been talking about. And, and I, I know even, you know, especially in the in the low vision community and, and you know, across the disability community, uh, that could be a real game changer in terms of mobility for a lot of people. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So robotic guide dogs. Now they're out there. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely on the roadmap. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I missed it, but can you tell me how the phone communicates with the band? Is it over Wi-Fi or Bluetooth? Uh, over Bluetooth. Bluetooth, okay. And do you have both an iOS and Android app? We have only the iOS version for now. Oh, you guys. Sorry about that. Everybody always develops for iOS first. Well, I understand. They have to. They have to. I understand. You don't want to get in trouble from Apple. <laughs> you don't want to get that nasty gram from Apple saying. <laughs> but oh. there are plans for an Android app, right? Of course. Excellent. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> sure, we've got it written uh, down on a notepad here. Have it, uh, but yeah, it just takes a little bit more time. You know, Android is a little bit harder. Sure. Uh, there's a lot of phones with Android. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely going to happen. How long does the battery last on the band? So in average for users, it lasts around two, two, two days to two, three days, depending on how much they, they use it. So, and, and this use is like average, like two to four hours a day or less. So, yeah, it just depends, but I'll say that two days to two, three days. Uh, and what do the bands retail for? It's $299, uh, US dollars. Mm, let's see. You guys have anything else? I'm getting near the end of my questions. 
yeah, I think you've you've covered it pretty well. Why, thank you, Ryan. Again, you've risen to the occasion. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> feel the love, Rob. Feel the love. Yeah, I'm feeling it. It's because it's Monday, and these guys are uh, so tired. No. <laughs> um, Mar- Marco, uh, was there anything else that we that we didn't talk about that you, that you want to mention, or? Um... Uh, you, uh, you guys are for Canada, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, I just, just like uh, you know, that we are going to be there soon. Uh, I think you can order. Uh, we are having many uh, users from Canada that are complaining. I, I don't know exactly what the problem is yet, but with the with the shippings from the U.S. to Canada, uh, some of they have problems, some of they don't. But anyway, we are soon going to be there. Uh, so. So please be patient. <laughs> You're probably going to be there in, a, in one month or a couple months, I, I think. Fantastic. Well, um, why don't you, um, where can people find uh, the band and, and information about uh, Sunu uh, on the web? Right. So, yeah, just uh, Google us, Sunu or Sunu Band, or you can just go directly to our website, uh, sunu.io. Or just find it on Facebook as the same way, sunu.io. Perfect. Or they can just check our show notes and we will include a link uh, below. Or not of below, course. but I, we will include a link. <laughs> Sorry, I thought I was on a YouTube video for a second. <laughs> um, Marco, thanks so much for, uh, for taking the time out and joining us today. Thank to you all, guys. And uh, best of luck with the uh, with the band, um, and we look forward to seeing it up here in Canada. Okay, yeah, definitely. Thank you. Uh, we probably can do uh, later on a podcast on your test when you get to try it. Yeah, absolutely. Sure, we'd love it. Okay, that'll be great. We'll wrap okay, it around so Ryan's you neck. Thank you for, for making this place for us. Awesome. Thanks, Marco. Okay, you take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was, that was cool. It's a, sounds like a cool device. Uh, another one of those haptic feedback devices. Yeah. You know, just kind know. of leading the way. But it's interesting that they're using sonar because I feel mm-hmm. like nobody else has tried sonar because everybody else we've talked to, like the buzz clips IR, right? No, buzz clips is, is, is sonar ultrasound, same thing. Is it? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. But it does seem to have the range. They seem to be doing more with it though because mm-hmm. they're, they're actually, um, using it it's not just kind of an on off and distance type of thing for them it's actually density as well which Con- is kind of cool but it seems to me that it would be constant almost constant feedback if you were using it mm-hmm. yeah i guess it just depends on what you've got your range set right. for and you know but I, I mean i don't know not not having played with one it's hard to say but. yeah but i mean i think that the also the difference with this is that the fact that it's almost acts as a smartphone as well i mean if it has all the apps and it connects to your smartphone and smartwatch it, you know, yeah that really sort of sets it apart from other products on the market i think because i don't i don't recall seeing anything else that that has that range of features mm-hmm um, and certainly, I, I don't know. I think wearing it as a wristband is a real smart move because, you know, even when we talked to the guys from Buzzclip, I mean, that's something that sits on your lapel. Yeah. And it, it is pretty much set, you know, in one one cone. Yeah, directional outward. Right, and it doesn't uh, it doesn't really allow for much much movement. But if you have it on your wrist, you know, you can, you know tilt it up and down yep. side to side and, and real, really get uh, a, you know, a sense of what's in front of you. A tableau. Indeed. Um, well, so yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see uh, if we can, uh, once it gets distributed up here in Canada and we can get our hands on one, maybe we'll uh, do a little banter bit on it or something. Could do. Bah. Anything else, Ryan? Not a thing. <laughs> Wake up. That was that was random cow, cowbell. That's just random cowbell. Got to have a random cowbell. We should have a random cowbell. I wonder if we can set up some sort of... We should get Marco to build us a robotic arm that just randomly like strikes the cowbell. I, I like it. 
Hey, Ryan. Rob. Where can people find us? In my basement. Yeah, other, other than that. Other than that, atbanter.com. They can also email us if they desire, atbanterpodcast at gmail.com. Steve, take it away. What? <laughs> tell, tell them where they can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Oh, that bit. Okay. Well, you know, I hear that we can be found on Facebook and Twitter. That's right, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> that is, is, that, is that true? That's <laughs> true. Wow. Facebook.com slash AT Banter. Oh, there you go. Or on Twitter, AT underscore banter. Boom. Boom goes the dynamite. Ryan is on fire. Nice. Uh, they um, can also find us on Spotify and tune in as well. Yeah. That's right. We're everywhere now. You can't get away from us. Nope. We follow you. We're watching you. Put some clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. And get some exercise. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get out of here. <laughs> Steve, where can people find Canadian Assistive Technology? Well, people can find Canadian Assistive Technology at www.canastech.com. Uh, they, why am I talking? I don't know. I don't why know. are you talking? It's yeah, like where you can just it, go on and on. Where... You're what like are, that thing that won't shut up. <laughs> there is just there is too many jokes to be made there. My 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 mind locked. I'm like, do I make a wife joke, mother joke? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Too much material. Too much. Uh, and where, that's when his head exploded, Your Honor. That's right. Uh, where can people find Rick Chant? Well, Rick Chant, he's that uh, maniac behind Chaos Technical Services. And he can be found at uh, chaostech at shaw.ca for email or www.chaostechnicalservices.com. That's correct. Um, and if you don't know how to spell chaos, read a book. Oops, something with chaos in the title. Yeah. Um, probably, preferably. Probably a good place to start. Yeah. Um, or maybe a dictionary. Possibly. Have you ever read a dictionary? That's really dry reading. That that would be, yeah. Uh, okay, well, then uh, I think that's going to do it for us. So, Steve, we're looking forward to your CSUN report next week. All righty. Do we have, what, are we, is it a new show next week, Ryan, or do we have a guest? I don't know. I have to look at the calendar. You suck. All right, never mind. Uh, all right, everybody, uh, thanks so much for listening in yet again. Uh, if you like the podcast, don't forget to give us a like on iTunes. Every time you do, um, an angel gets his wings and a puppy smiles and... And and kittens play with things. Yeah. Yeah. So, like it up. <coughs> <laughs> and Ryan Cox. Goodbye. All right. <laughs> See everybody next week. Bye. Wait, you have been. Oh, are we going to do this again? Okay. Yeah, let's do that. I have been Rob Minow. I've been Steve Barkley. And I'm still Ryan Flurry. Yay. And we are the Supremes. Good night. <laughs>